This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. The World Wrestling Federation proudly presents WrestleMania! Rick Flair defends the title against the number one contender, the Macho Man, Randy Savage. The maniacal Sid Justice goes one-on-one with the immortal Hulk Hogan in what could prove to be Hulk Hogan's farewell match. It's a double main event. It's WrestleMania! Welcome to Indianapolis, Indiana! Welcome to the Hoosier Dome! Welcome to WrestleMania 8! Hey everybody, welcome back to Review of Mania. My name is Rob, along with my co-host Zach. Yo. And we are back for WrestleMania 8. 8-2. So, yeah, 1991. The year I was born. Oh, God. Actually, uh, wait, no, this is the 1992, the year after I was born. Oh. Yeah, you're right. Duh, what am I thinking? Anyway, WrestleMania. Yay. It's a thing. It is Uh, a thing. This year features Sid Justice versus Hulk Hogan for the WWF title. And holy crap, did they run this thing out. Because from here on out, Sid Justice... For as long as he's in the WWF, will be known as Psycho Sid going forward. I'm actually going to stop you for just a second, Rob. It's it's Sid Justice versus Hulk Hogan. Yes, that is correct. But it is not for the WWF Championship. Oh, yeah, you're right. We'll get into that in a minute. Oh, God. I'm all over it today. (laughs) We did watch this a while ago, to be fair. Yeah, that is very true. Um, no, that is the main event, but the real story, I believe, this year is that it was Macho Man Randy Savage versus Ric Flair for the WWF Championship. That is correct. My favorite part of this WrestleMania was Ric Flair. I really feel like this was the first WrestleMania that felt real, because... Holy crap, can when when, when uh, Ric Flair wants to, he can cut a promo, obviously. But this actually felt like man-to-man, you know, like he wanted Elizabeth and, he wa- and uh, you know, all that. So, you know, this was the first time where I was like, holy crap, Ric Flair is cutting these badass promos at WrestleMania and making this, making this just seem awesome. And that was my favorite part of WrestleMania 8 was Ric Flair. Ric Flair is probably 
one of, if not the greatest professional wrestler to have ever lived. Um, although he only has one match, <laughs> but it's a good one. Um, so to explain why Ric Flair is here, I think we have to go to WCW for a minute. So in the early 90s, um, WCW was bought, well, Jim Crockett Promotions was bought by Ted Turner, um, who then changed the name to WCW and put this guy named Jim Hurd in charge. And uh, Jim Hurd was kind of dumb because he thought that at 40, Ric Flair was too old to be the top guy he wanted younger people to be the top guy um and the people that were going to be (coughs) contending for that were lex luger and sting yeah because they're just young go-getters well they're a lot younger i know they are a lot younger and we'll get into lex luger um next year actually yep the lex express uh, yeah, it wasn't quite the Lex Express yet, but we'll get into uh. Lex Luger next year. But so Jim Hurd says to Ric Flair, you can still be a wrestler here, but I have a new idea for who you're going to be. You're no longer going to be the nature boy. So you're going to cut your hair short and you're going to wear a breastplate, and we're going to call you Spartacus. Wow. <laughs> and Ric Flair cut his hair, but <laughs> he did not become Spartacus. He left. And he was still the WCW World Heavyweight Champion at the time. Because if you read Ric Flair's book, which I have, um, even though it's ghost written by Mark Madden, and I hate that guy. Um, to be WCW champion, um, or NWA champion for that matter, you had to put a deposit down on the on the belt, which was $25,000 at the time. And when you lost the belt, you got that $25,000 returned to you. It's basically a safety deposit for the belt. So if anything were to happen or if it gets lost, they can purchase a new one it seems fair because at least at the time with the nwa title people from all over the country were you know trading it so rick flair had it and harley race and dusty road and and they were all from different parts of the country so it made sense that if you were going to have a belt like that you would have to put money down to have it well, this was still a practice in WCW, and they didn't give Ric Flair his money back when he left the company. So he said, well, I own the belt now, and he went to WWF and uh, debuted on, um, I believe, Saturday night's main event or something along those lines. And with Bobby Heenan as his manager, saying that the real world champion was here. And they had to blur the WCW championship because they didn't want to get sued, but they had the physical belt <laughs> there. Um, Ric Flair eventually did give it back. Um, 
WCW at the time was using uh, Lex Luger became WCW champion when um, Ric Flair left and they were using an old UWF championship called the Western States Heritage title as the World Heavyweight Championship. Wow, so they didn't even own a second copy of the belt. No, and they didn't hilarious. And they didn't pay to get one back because eventually they would get it back from Flair, or so they thought. And they were correct, but um so uh nineteen ninety two Royal Rumble comes in. There's no world champion. It's been vacated. So the Royal Rumble for this year, and for a long time, it was the only Royal Rumble ever contested for the WWF championship. Ric Flair entered number two and went the distance and became WWF champion, making him, I believe at the time, the only person to be both NW... No, that's actually not true. He was the first person in a long time to be... um, NWA champion and WWF champion. Nature Boy Buddy Rogers had done it before him because he was the NWA champion and he was the inaugural WWF champion. Mm. But I can't I can't think of many other people who were both NWA and WWF champion. It's not a common occurrence. So that leads us into WrestleMania 8. <clears throat> yes. So, WrestleMania 8. Uh, the intro starts and it's full Vince mode. This is gravelly voice. Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan are now our commentators. Uh, Jesse Vitero has gone from the WWF. Yeah, I believe he's in WCW. Yeah, I watched the first... Uh, WCW Saturday night and it's Jim Ross and 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 Jesse Ventura and watching tapes <laughs> literally they're in a ring with the TV set and they've got a VCR well I, you know WCW even though it was owned by a multi-billion dollar company didn't have a lot of money for a long time um Yep. Ted Turner liked old school wrestling, as he called it. He didn't call it wrestling. It was wrestling. And so old school wrestling was really like lo-fi and stuff like that. So it makes sense. Yep. So, so man, WrestleMania 8, eight yeah. is uh, out of the Hooser Dome in Indianapolis, Indiana this mm-hmm. year. And uh, we get the usual Star Spangled Banner song this year by... Reba McIntyre. They yes. went all out. This is like... I don't know if she was like super popular at this point. I think, well, she I hasn't think, had, I had she her had, television show yet. Well, she, but she had some really big hits in the early 90s. But I think that was, right in, I think that was 93, 94 maybe? So maybe she was up and coming. I think so. It but, was it was definitely better than um, WrestleMania one, where we got uh, Mean Gene, Gene, Gene Okerlund singing it. So, yeah, this was my favorite so far out of everybody. I'm partial to WrestleMania three, but I I can understand that. So Bobby Heenan already begins calling her Ariba McIntyre. Ariba, because we have an old friend returning to the podcast. Yes. 
because the first match of to open up WrestleMania is Tito Santana, the Matador. Versus, yes, El Matador, uh, Tito Santana, Ariba versus Shawn Michaels with sensational Sherry Martel. Yes, and we got the Sherry Martel version of Sexy Boy. I think that her best version of Sexy Boy is when she sung it with Kurt Angle. No, good God, no. <laughs> I'll make your neck hurt. <laughs> I'll make your ankle hurt. <laughs> uh, anyway, yes, I was very dismayed at, like, I was like, whoa. We're squarely in the new generation. We're, we're, we're getting we're into getting the new there. generation. Yeah, but I was just so, like, why... Why are they screwing around with Tito Santana? He's got, like, the perfect babyface gimmick, and now he's a matador. And I'm like, what? I was waiting for your El Torito to come out. And I, don't, I don't know if El Torito is alive at this point. Probably not. But, yeah, I was just like, and he comes out in this, like, hot lime green. It's like he went back and was like, oh, I need, I need, I need some stuff to wear. And let's go talk to Macho Man. His always looks crazy. And Macho Man was like, "Here, brother, I got you the, got you the Macho Man special, lime green and pink." You know, it, it's funny because even though um, this gimmick is not well remembered for Tito, I didn't even know he had this gimmick. I mean, I'm not uh, shocked that it exists, but <laughs> I always thought it was just Tito Santana. Well, yeah, I mean. It's funny because he took this exact garb and then he became the top babyface of the American Wrestling Federation like a couple of years later, which was like this really crappy television show where it was him and Bob Orton and like people who uh, had no business being main eventers anymore, <laughs> being main eventers. So, um, yeah. And he dressed up as the Matador there, too. They didn't uh. call him that, but he dressed up as the Matador. And uh, yeah, this is one of the last times the we'll bullfighter. Yeah, we'll be. Uh, this is one of the last times we'll be seeing Tito Santana. Oh man, because uh, Tito's getting old at this point. And wow, don't worry, we'll see him at like, WrestleMania twenty one. Twenty one? It's twenty one or twenty two. Are you thinking of the gimmick battle royal? No, I'm thinking of the one with Chris Jericho. Chris, but he mm. didn't. F- Chris Jericho didn't fight Tito Santana. Oh, I thought it was. No, he fought Ricky Steamboat. Oh, my bad. You you always confuse Tito Santana and Ricky Steamboat. I do. And it, it, it always like surprises me because they're completely different. But... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Tito Santana gives a bow to Reba, which prompts uh, Bobby uh, comment of calling... Um, Tito's sister, Ariba McIntyre. Ah. Um, Hilarious. Yes, definitely. Okay. So, this is Shawn Michaels' first single match at WrestleMania. Yeah, last year and the year before, he's been with uh, part of the Rockers. Yes, with Marty Jannetty. And Marty Jannetty, I... I think he has left the company at this point. I thought he was still there, but yeah. He's coming. He come, he like he, he leaves, and he comes back, and then he leaves because he can't stay clean. Yeah, so drugs are bad. Yeah, just drug, drugs are bad. And, okay. Um, so they start off. Uh, T- 
Tito is ducking a clothesline and hits a crossbody for a quick two, and then the headlocks start. There are a lot of headlocks in this match. Yeah. So side headlock by Santana, and then Sean gets away, and then uh, Sean hits a clothesline. Um, oh, no, Sean gets hit with a clothesline from Santana, sending him over the top, and then uh, Tito brings Sean in from the apron with a headlock. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most like, boringest way? What's the most boringest way I could bring my opponent back into the ring? I know a headlock. Yeah. Uh, then uh, Sean pushes Santana into the corner and delivers a pair of shoulder blocks and an elbow, and then Tito gains control and another headlock. And th- this is like this is sad because Tito Santana was like one of the most exciting wrestlers in the early WrestleManias. Yeah, eight years eight years later, he's not looking so good. And we know Shawn Michaels can do more than this. <laughs> so, um, Shawn I wonder, tries to. Keep- I wonder if Shawn had found his. You know, yeah, he got broken up as a single star, but to me, it seems like he didn't really have his confidence yet. Maybe not. Uh, I know that he wins the Intercontinental Championship along this year. So, gotcha. Um, so, Sean tries to counter with an atomic drop, but Santana rolls through and keeps the headlock on. That deadly headlock. Then Sean finally pushes him off and sends Tito into the ropes, but Santana comes through with a small package for another two count. Uh, and then goes back to the headlock. John pushes him off into the ropes again, and this time Santana fires over the top, over the top to the floor. Um, back inside, Sean catches Tito off the ropes and hits a backbreaker for a two count. Then Sean goes for a chin lock, not a headlock, a chin lock. Very different move. Um, Tito uh, fights out, comes off the ropes, but runs into a super kick. Not quite the sweet chin music. I call it a thrust uh, kick. That's basically what a super kick is. It's a thrust kick. I guess. Um, and then um, he um, uh, sweet chin uh, music. Sean sets him up for his finisher, which at the time is called the teardrop suplex. Um, but Tito punches his way out. Uh, he does the flying burrito um, and sends Sean to the floor. And then Tito follows Sean to the floor and sends him into the steps and then brings him back into the ring. And then Santina slingshots into the ring with a flying shoulder block and then whips Sean into the ropes it's a knee lift and an inverted atomic drop and sets up Tito's new finisher, which is El Paso de Malte. But Sean rolls to the floor, so we don't get to see it. Oh. And then Tito tries to slam Sean in front of the apron, but Sean grabs the ropes, comes down on Santana, and uh, picks up the win at 10 minutes and 40 seconds. Yeah, the crowd was dead for this match. No one well, really seemed to care. Yeah, but well, that's because they started off and Santana just did headlocks. And if you're <laughs> thinking of what San- Tito Santana does, it's not headlocks. 
So that is true. Um, what do you think of the match? I thought that it was an okay opener. It was just not quite high energy enough for a long show like WrestleMania. If this was like Raw, this would have been fine, but not necessarily WrestleMania. Gotcha. Uh, So Mean Gene introduces the Legion of Doom and Paul Ellering. Their Uh, new manager, Paul Ellering. Yeah, they're new. Been there since day one. Pretty Uh, much. And Paul claims he has returned. Okay. He says that LD has come back to get even. Animal says that he's going to get revenge on uh, Jimmy Hart and Ted DiBiase and IRS. And then he gets a chant of LOD started, which I was shocked the crowd either went along with. But yeah, the crowd loved LOD. Uh, I never liked the name. I always prefer the, the Road Warrior name to Legion of Doom. Yeah, this was weird. Like, yeah. This went on way too long. Like, this interview, like, I summarized it in, like, that one little sentence, but holy crap, it was like, Paul would talk, and then, like, he'd be like, take it, Animal, and Animal would be like, bah, I, I hate Money, Inc., bah, okay, Hawk, and Hawk would be like, bah, we, we're, we're back, we're, we're gonna take it, Hawk, and then he would just be like, bah, where are the L.O.D.? Like, yeah, well, okay. that's how they always did their promos back in the NWA. seemed worse. They, just, <laughs> they, they, always, they, just, they always started off with Paul saying something, and then he'd go, take it, animal, and then animal would growl and moan. and <laughs> This was awful. Like, spit snot out of his nose, and then Hawk would go, oh, what a rush. It's yeah. like it's the same. The uh, same I, I didn't like it. <laughs> Sean Mooney is with Jake the Snake, and uh, he says that, uh, J- uh, Jack Tunney won't allow him to take a snake down to the ring, which now, is, is weird. This the first time we've heard of President Jack Tunney. Um, no, because he's been in the, in the contract signings and stuff with like Warrior and stuff. Okay. But, yeah. Oh yeah, he started the um, tournament in WrestleMania Four. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he says he can't bring the snake down to the ring, which is weird because he always brings it down to the ring. Yes. No. But the thing is, the in storyline, Jack Tunney has banned all reptiles, oh, all of them, so we from start, ringside. Ah, uh, gotcha. Because of the time that Randy Savage got bit by that snake. Ah, gotcha. So we see a recap of the funeral pol- of Jake on the funeral parlor. Uh he DDTs Paul Bear, which was hilarious. And then uh, he traps The Undertaker's hand into a casket and then hits him with a steel chair. Jake says that he will put up his put the nail in his coffin. This leads to Jake the Snake versus The Undertaker. With Paul Bearer. Yes. Percy Pringle the third. I love, Rest in I love peace. Paul Bearer. Yes. Yeah. Rest in peace. All right, so the match starts off with Jake punching Taker over the top of the top to the floor, but Taker pulls Jake out with him and uh, then hits him, like puts him on the post, like slams him into it. Jake rolls back in and Taker follows, um, running into a knee lift. Jake then whips Taker into the corner, uh, but Taker is able to fire back with a right hand and a whip of his own. And then Taker continues to choke Jake in the corner, uh, 
before another whip and more choking. This is not the Undertaker that I know and love. Yeah, this, this was this bad. Is, this is like he's just like posing a lot and choking and growling. And, and I, I don't like this early version of Taker very much. Um he does that open hand uppercut thing that Kane uh became really well known for. Yeah. Um and then whips Jake again and then he continues to choke him and then does an elbow drop and then Taker comes off the ropes with a flying clothesline, which is cool. Um, and then tries for a tombstone and then Jake counters with a DDT. Uh, Taker sits up immediately. Yeah, I was bummed that he didn't sell it. I get why, but... Yeah, I know. Because he's dead, so he can't feel nothing. Uh, he take, he uh, sits up and then Jake does his short arm clothesline and a DDT again and then Taker just sits up again completely no selling Um, so Jake goes out after Paul Bear but Taker uh, goes after him and gives him a tombstone on the floor which is kind of (laughs) scary yeah and then uh, Taker puts him back inside and pins him at 6 minutes and 40 seconds Um, yeah my notes were this offense, this match was boring. Taker's offense was Irish whip, um, whi- uh, choke whip, choke whip, choke whip. That's literally all this was. It was a very yeah. boring match. I was very disappointed. I mean, he does a couple of impressive stuff like that flying clothesline that he does. Oh, yeah. And, and doing a tombstone on the floor requires a lot of strength so you don't kill anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so, the, I mean, there was a few impressive things, but really, this is not Undertaker. Yeah, he's still kind of finding himself. Yeah, this is um, this is Mean Mark Callis, except not as cool. Yep. Um, so, Mean Gene is with uh, Rowdy Piper uh, and Bret Hart. They're literally standing next to each other. It was, this, was, this was kind of weird, but I kind of liked it. Um, uh, right so, before, before we go on to that, I just want to mention that this oh, is sorry. Jake... Jake Roberts' last match in the WWF. Ah, uh, wow. For, 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 for a while. while. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's too uh, bad. He, he goes to WCW after this match. Did his contract just end? No, he held Vince up and said, you're letting me go, or I'm not going to put Taker over. Wow. Yeah. Man. Well, at least he got back in the good graces. Um, yeah. Well, well, that's a bummer. I like Jake. Although... I feel like his WrestleMania stuff uh, obviously wasn't his good work. I feel like we kind of mm, missed out. Yeah, I, I wish. Yeah, we should look into what actual good stuff Jake did because his WrestleMania matches have been leaving a lot to be desired. Yeah, or maybe he's just overhyped. No, yeah, I mean that's the way I kind of feel. Like if I was just taking it on the sense of just the WrestleMania matches. I would say, yeah, I agree. He's overhyped. I, why does everyone like this guy? I'm like, he had that one good promo, and I did like the stuff with the leading up to the WrestleMania, and then it was a blindfold match. But I mean, that stuff was really good. But then I was, you know, but if I would just say, if I would take it just on this, I would just be like, I don't, I don't get why people like him. But yeah, we, we missed okay. a lot. Anyway, moving on. Mean Gene is with. Both Bret Hart and Rowdy Piper, they're going to be meeting for the Intercontinental Championship. Here's another first.
first in this WrestleMania firsts. As a matter of fact, this is the first time these two men are meeting for the World Wrestling Federation Intercontinental title. Champion Rowdy Rowdy Piper, yeah! his opponent, a former IC champion himself, number one contender, Brett the Hitman Hart. You know, Gentlemen, we have arrived. We, we have arrived. You know, I gotta say, first of all, man, I gotta tell you how much I love your family. I gotta tell you how much I love your mom. I know you, I know this guy since he's been knee high to a grasshopper. I know, I remember when they were changing your potty pants. I remember even when, of course, you weren't potty trained till he was seven, but ah! Everybody's got their problem. Tying, remember tying bows in our shoes when we were kids? Of course, your shoes were always tied together. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter to me, because I remember when Mrs. Hart used to come down that she used to make them sandwiches, man. Throw on that bologna. Of course, only one piece of bologna, but that don't matter. I was hungry. Then she'd come up and she'd go to her little... What is this? yourself. Oh, keep my oh, this is nice, huh? Here I am having a little fun trying to make you at ease. Gonna have a nice con to keep him to yourself. Have a nice contest, and here you want to be a hero all of a sudden, huh? You want to be a hot shot all of a sudden. You want your belt all of a sudden. Is that the idea, huh? Look, all I care about is one thing. I want to win back the Intercontinental belt. You got it. I'm gonna take it. That's you right. keep your hands to yourself. Let me help you out a little bit, buddy. We can, we can settle our game. Oh, yeah, you damn betcha we can. Right why do it here when I can have a million people watch me rip your head off? Would have had you. No, you wouldn't have. Oh, th th thank you, gentlemen. Bret Hart on bye, his bye, way bye. to the ring. Bye, bye. Right. This should be a classic, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think Roddy, so. Roddy Roddy Piper defending Not against today. the Challenger. Let's get back to ringside. She be mine. Please. Um, Rowdy says that he remembers uh, he's, he's known Brett since he was a child and he says that uh, he loves his family and he remembers things that, uh, about him like him potty training and getting sandwiches from his mother he then touches Brett Hart on the shoulder who says keep your hands to yourself uh, the tone then quickly changes and Rowdy Piper gets upset and says now he wants to be a hero in a big shot and he punches he pushes Brett I really really like this promo uh, because for once uh, it seems serious and for the first time and since watching WrestleMania 1 Brett I haven't been ashamed to like watch what Roddy Piper has said because it's always been like homophobic or racist or or something where this was like finally like awesome because like Brett Hart or, you know it is still kind of weird but Roddy Piper is like oh I, I remember when you'd get bologna sandwiches from your mom and oh you love your yeah, mom he's, he's kind of breaking kayfabe because he's always been billed from like Scotland yeah and like, lived it, in Canada and, he, and he's just he's just admitting that yeah I'm actually from Canada yeah but I really like the uh, I really like the promo and I really like that uh, Brett they both brought a lot of serious, like, first it was this, like, happy-go-lucky, you know, crazy, uh, you know, Rowdy Piper promo of just crazy stuff. I remember when you would ride your bike and you skinned your knee, and, oh, man, what, that was crazy. Wasn't that crazy, Brett? You know, but then all of a sudden it's like, he pushes, he puts his hands on his shoulder, and, you know, it's now it's, hey, what, what the, you know, what are you doing? I'm, ang right. I'm an angry Canadian. I, I take this stuff serious. 
Yeah. So, Canadians yeah. Canadians are constantly serious. They're yes. the most hated people in the entire world and um they have bad health care. You know, nobody likes them. Yes, ask Landstorm. <laughs> what do you think Land of this? Storm is a bad example. Um <laughs> What's uh what what was your what was your thoughts on this promo? <laughs> no, I like the promo. Um I thought it was good. Um because Rowdy Piper is a legend in wrestling, and I remember watching WrestleMania one and thinking he was a big deal, and then like WrestleMania two, I was like, eh, and then yeah, that boxing match, oh, and then like all of his other matches and stuff like that have been in promos have been kind of weird, and so I was like, okay, so maybe most of his like legendary status that a lot of people like talk about come from his time in the NWA when he was like United States champion and all that other stuff. But no, he had some, he has, he has some good stuff left in him for the uh, WWF. Mm -hmm. So, so they they had a long match. (laughs) Yeah. Credit credentials a little. So, WWF Intercontinental Champion match, Bret Hart versus champion Rowdy Piper. Uh, Piper starts off the match with arm drags um, to Bret's lockup attempt. Um, And then Bret goes for another lockup and then does a a standing switch, goes behind uh, for a takedown of Piper. Um, and then um, Brett is able to get him onto the floor. So Piper gets angry and charges into the ring and shoves Brett uh, and gets a shove from Brett. Um, and then Piper spits on him. Yeah, because jeez. Because <laughs> he's Piper and he has to do something. So he, he's going to spit on Brett Hart. Um, then they um, <coughs> do a test of strength. But um, Piper stops it with an arm ringer, and then uh, Brett counters into one of his own. And then Piper tries to chop his way out, but that doesn't work. Um, He then fires uh, Brett into the buckle and then continues to chop. Uh, But Brett will not let uh, go of the wrist lock. So he, like, throws Brett into the corner, and Brett just holds on to his wrists. So Piper's just chopping him holding on to his wrist. It's a, it's a um, pretty good uh, spot. And then Brett goes into a hammer lock. And then um, Piper finally gets out of it, sends Brett into the ropes. and uh, But Brett comes off with a drop kick. And um, Brett sells his shoulder. And Piper checks on him. Um, but Brett, the sneaky little guy, is pe- playing possum and rolls him up with a small package. Um, Piper is not happy, and then they slap each other. Um, Brett comes off the ropes with a cross body, which sends both guys to the floor, and then... Oh, why is my computer doing that? No! Did word crash? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'll get it up in just a second. Here we go. Um... Well, I have to love those solid state drives. They're fast. Um, okay. Piper gets back in the ring first um, as Brett, who 
did the move actually got hurt worse. Um, and then um, Piper often offers to hold the rope open for Brett. He lets uh, Brett in, but then uh, tells him his shoes are untied. And like an idiot, <laughs> Brett checks his shoes and gets hit. Uh, Piper unloads with a series of right hands as Brett gets as Brett gets busted open, and then um, Piper does a uh, bulldog, and that gets two, and then um, Piper bites at the open wound, and then um, throws Brett into the corner, and then um, he does a knee lift, uh, picking up another two count. Uh, Brett comes off the ropes with a sunset flip, which, according to Bret Hart, is the easiest move to do in wrestling. <laughs> you just do a somersault. Yeah, you just do a somersault. What? What? You can't do a somersault? Easiest move in, in the... In, and you shouldn't be a wrestler if you can't do a somersault. Um, and that gets two. Um, Piper comes back with a series of punches, and that gets two. And then uh, Brett comes off the ropes again with a flying forearm, uh, which sends Piper to the floor. Um, and then back inside, both guys clothesline each other. Piper is first to his feet, and he heads to the top rope. Brett is playing possum again, and he drags Piper off um, the top, face-planting him, inverted atomic drop, is followed by a snap, uh, snap suplex, getting two for Brett. Side Russian leg sweep gets another two-count. Backbreaker sets up the sharpshooter, but Piper is able to block. So he uh, he gets an elbow instead. Brett comes off the second rope, runs face first into a boot um, from Piper. Uh, they trade punches from their knees, which is a spot that I like a lot in New Japan. Um, uh, Brett gains control with a headlock, and then uh, Piper fires Brett into the referee, taking him out. Uh, they go to the floor, and um, Piper throws Brett into the steps. Um, and then Brett is put back in, and Roddy gets the ring bell and takes it to the ring. Um, Piper, who um, threatens to hit Brett with the bell, but he thinks better of it, throwing the bell out, and goes for the sleeper hold instead. Brett counters the sleeper, um, into a pinning combo, which gets Brett his second Intercontinental title at 13 minutes and 50 seconds. Yeah, very good match. It was a very good match. It was probably Piper's best match that he's ever had at in the WWF. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, so definitely at, have, at least at WrestleMania. I was going to say, out of everything I've seen, this was definitely by far his best. It told a really good story. Um, yeah, I really like the fact that he brought the ring bell in and could have used it and he had bobby heenan like oh do it do it rowdy yeah he was like teasing his old heel heelish ways throughout like spitting and slapping and finally going for the cheating but then goes eh, no i think i'm gonna i'm gonna um do the right thing so what happened to him retiring you remember like what was it wrestlemania five they were like oh it's his last match oh no well I, he went to i think he was going to do movies and he, he he started doing some and it wasn't quite going as well as he thought it was so he went back to wrestling and then shortly after this he goes back into more movies 
and then ends up in WCW. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I really like that match. And after the match, uh, Rowdy Piper put the belt around Bret Hart's waist and shook his hand. And, you know, it was like, oh, you beat me. But they kind of leave it open to like, hey, I, you know, there's always next time. Exactly. And this is like um, Rowdy Piper's only singles title in the entire in this entire run with oh, the company. Wow. So, oh, wow. So Next, we throw to uh, Bobby, Bobby Heenan. Heenan and Gorilla interviewing Lex Luger. Yeah, so uh, Bobby Heenan says he was surprised. Uh, he has a big surprise for everybody, and he introduces the newest member of the World Body Federation, the BWF, or WBF. Vince McMahon's failed bodybuilding competition. I, I yes, show. yes, because as we know... It's a joke on the internet, but Vince loves big, sweaty men. Oh, God. And, and the best way to look at big, sweaty men is not at during, doing wrestling, because if you're too big and sweaty, you can't wrestle very well. Yep. So, bodybuilding. That's uh, where it's at. So, this was, this was, so, to tell you guys, Lex Luger is a trained wrestler. Um, I've been listening to the Brian and Vinny show. The, the, Lex Luger was in the NWA back with the Horsemen in the late 80s. And he's been, you know, all over. So Lex Luger is being introduced as a WBF competitor, but he's actually a wrestler. Well, here's the thing. His role in the WBF wasn't even going to be as an actual bodybuilder. Oh, he was going to be a commentator on bodybuilding. Oh, God. You can barely talk. I, well, I know that. It didn't end up happening because Lex Luger got into a car accident. Oh, well, thank God for that. Uh, so, so he will be the new WBF champion, according to Bobby Heenan, Lex Luger. Lex is at home and puts over WrestleMania and says that he has the best body in the world. And Bobby asks him to show off his body. This is getting kind of weird. So he takes off his shirt to show a WBF tank top and then drinks a shake. And then he'll be, he says, be ready for June 13th. Yeah, I think the shake was promoted by IcoPro, which if you remember watching old Raws, Raw yes. was always promoted by IcoPro, which was a supplement company, which I think was owned by Vince. Yeah, and I, you know what's funny is getting ready for WrestleMania 9, I watched the 10th episode of WWF Raw, and yeah, it was Ico, IcoPro was all over, and it's like, oh, the integrated program to take your above what your genes can do. And it's like, what the hell? Sounds like steroids. Exactly. <laughs> and then after that, it wasn't weird enough, the Mountie and the Nasty Boys and the Repo Man are in the back, and they're just yelling at the camera. That, that, that's really about it. Um, their opponent they're facing is Sergeant Slaughter, Big Boss Man, Vincent, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Okay, no. I'm I'm sorry. It's not Vincent. It's Virgil. Oh, sorry, Virgil. My he fault. was Vincent in WCW. <laughs> he was Virgil here because he was. They were making fun of Dusty Rhodes. Yes. That's why he's Virgil, and he's Vincent in WCW because he's making fun of Vince McMahon. Oh, good grief! 
they all do a quick, goofy promo of like, Oh, I'm the Ripple Man, and I'm going to get your stuff. And the nasty boys are like, Ah, oh, we're nasty. We're going to spit on you and make fun of you. Um, I don't know. And, you know I hate the nasty boys so much. So bad. And they keep coming back. Like, they ruin TNA for, like, a good four months. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they ruin anywhere they go. And Sergeant Slaughter was like, Oh, attention, maggot. Bruh. It was bad. It was just and and so... and Jack and Hacksaw Jim Duggan went ho, and then everyone else yelled it too. Oh man, yeah, um, it was weird, and it was just like holy crap, and I just felt bad because like, man, Big Boss Man had his singles run. He seemed to have a rocket tied to him. Not anymore. Freaking Sergeant Slaughter just got done, you know, last year headlining. No, he's in some no, he's just in a no-nothing, you know what I mean? Like, holy crap, he's he fallen. Yeah. Back in the ring, uh, now, Howard Finkel introduces the, uh, introduces Ray Combs from Family Feud. I have no idea who this was. Obviously, he was the host or something. Yeah, he was one of the many hosts of Family Feud. Um, and if you're listening from outside of the, the States, Family Feud is a, uh, is a game show, um, that has had several hosts over the years. Um, the most recent of being, uh, comedian, uh, Steve Harvey. Yep. Um, before that it was Richard Karn, who was best known as playing Al and home improvement. Um, so they've had all sorts of like D list celebrities be yeah. the host hey. over the years. Uh, we then had a special guest ring announcer. He says he surveyed a hundred people in the dome, and he says funny things about each combatant uh, on the heel team. They finally get upset, and the match just so yeah. What I didn't write down was all the teams were already in the uh, they were already in the ring, and Ray Combs would be like, "Oh, a survey of a hundred people in the dome says that uh, the nasty boys are smelly." And you know they get upset, and each each, well, each you would guy. think you would think that the nasty boys wouldn't be upset that they're smelly because they're nasty. That's their whole gimmick. Yeah, well, this all led... maybe they... Yeah, no, I agree. I don't know why they <laughs> they they were very upset. Um, Heenan then says this is all for a fucking plug that they are going to be on Family Feud on May 11th as it's WWF versus the WBF. Yes, um, Family Feud has also had several weeks where it's been wrestlers versus other wrestlers or other promotions, so WWF versus WBF, um, NWA versus Glow was one that they did. Oh, wow. A while. Ah. Um, and then there was also um, when neither, well, when WCW was closed and WWF was too big to go on Family Feud, it was... The TNA male wrestlers versus the TNA knockouts. Oh, God. That, that was a thing, too. Oh. Yeah. But, all right. Go ahead and get into the okay. match. Yeah, let's get into the match. So, um, because uh, Ray Combs kept insulting the, um, the heels, uh, they all go to attack him, and the faces come in to rescue, and they do... Uh, four big clotheslines, and all of the heels go to the floor. 
And so when things finally settled down, it starts off with um, Duggan and then Sags from the Nasty Boys team. And Sags uh, fires Duggan into a buckle, and that but comes off. Uh, but Duggan comes off with a clothesline, atomic du- drop from Duggan is followed uh, by a tag to slaughter, and then uh, Sags get a gets a shot in, allowing him to atta- uh, tag his tag team partner Knobs. I hate these names, Sags and Knobs. I can never tell who's who. Well, yeah, I know, but they're just gross names. Um, Slaughter whips Knobs into the corner and delivers a clothesline and a gut buster, a double stomp, and a back elbow follow for Sarge before he, he tags into Boss Man. And Boss Man whips Knobs into the corner, but Knobs moves out of the way of a charge from Boss Man, which allows him to tag in Repo Man, who Repo Man was one hat or was a member of Demolition, who's been repackaged as the Repo Man. Um, interesting fact about the Repo Man: if we're gonna, if, if I can pause for just a second, Repo Man is the first man is that WWF to have the glass shattering before his entrance. Oh, and this is going to come into play. During WrestleMania 17. Oh, wow. But I'm, I'm not going to spoil it. Huh. Um, Repo comes in and he whips Boss Man into the ropes. Um, and then Boss Man comes back with a shoulder block. Um, but he misses a big splash. And uh, Repo tries to come down on Boss Man with something. But Boss Man gets his fist up. Uh, for a low blow, which I would think would be a disqualification in a tag match, but it's not. Um, and then he tags in Virgil, who delivers a drop kick and a, a flying cross body for two. Uh, but Knobs breaks up the cover. And then Repo delivers a side suplex and tags in Sags. So, uh, and then um, Sags slams Virgil and gets, and then he tags in the Mountie. And the Mountie comes off the second rope, but runs into a spine buster from uh, Boss Man. All eight guys end up in the ring as things break loose, and everyone ends up on the floor except for the Nasties and Virgil. And then Nobs holds Virgil for Sags, but Virgil ducks out of the way, and Sags uh, hits Nobs, which allows Virgil to pick up the pin. For the team at six, at, for his team at six minutes and thirty-two seconds, this was, I guess, okay. I I don't really like big tag team matches like this because it doesn't feel like anybody can really show off what they can do. Yeah, this was just a fill time. It feel like, like, and I think it was just a just a thing to get everybody a payday. Yep. No, I wouldn't doubt it. Mr. Perfect Champion Ric Flair, this is it. We are just moments away for the... Shut up, Mooney. This is what it's all about. The prize photo of your old lady, Savage. The one we're going to put up on the big screen in the Hoosier Dome so everybody can see what she looks like. We've had it all taken care of. We took out all the flaws. She's as close to perfect as she's going to (laughs) get. Oh, and believe me, this is the real deal. Ladies and gentlemen, it's WrestleMania 8. It's Indianapolis, Indiana. It's bright lights. It's the big cities. It's long limousines. It's women lined up for a block. 
to take a shot at the champ and Mr. Perfect. But most of all, it's Randy Savage's attempt to walk the aisle to defend the honor of his lady and to try and capture the most coveted trophy of them all, the World Wrestling Federation Championship. Randy, after taking the worst beating of your life, Keep this in mind when you're flat on your back. Look up to the big screen because Mr. Perfect will be waving the fold out of Liz and pal. <laughs> She's all the way live. And then Liz, to top it off, you got one last shot, baby, at Space Mountain. Can I come along with you this time, champ? Let's go over to Gene Okerlund. Obviously, World Wrestling Federation champion Ric Flair not at a loss for words. That is not the case, however, with the macho man Randy Savage. At this juncture, he is not granting interviews to anybody. It could be that this man is concentrating right now on regaining the World Wrestling Federation title. Or it could be that he's preoccupied with regaining the honor of his wife, the lovely Elizabeth. Or it could be that he is totally consumed with the thought the notion that that alleged centerfold is going to be going up on the big screen here at the Hoosier Dome this afternoon, courtesy of Ric Flair. Whatever the case leading up to all of this, I've got to believe it's going to be one of the greatest title bouts in World Wrestling Federation history. With that in mind, let's get out to ringside. Sean Mooney is with Mr. Perfect and Ric Flair. They have a picture of Elizabeth. Flair cuts an awesome promo. Uh, Savage will be facing Ric Flair for the world title. He says that Mr. Perfect will be waving the picture of Liz uh, that they hint that she is nude. So they don't come out and say, like, she's naked, but they act like, oh, my God, we got this salacious picture. Mean Gene and then Mean Gene is outside of Savage's locker room, yep. but Savage is refusing to do interviews. Yeah. So then he just he just runs down the match. How about Liz's centerfold photo? No, I, uh, I I don't understand. Like, where did this centerfold photo come from? Was she in play the locker room? They were probably like, well, actually, that doesn't make sense either because Randy always locked Elizabeth in the exactly. locker room. Exactly. I don't know. I just thought it was just weird because they called us they called the center photo, and it's like, well. If, they're implying that Elizabeth is doing things behind Randy's back. Oh, I mean, that's that's basically what they're doing. That slut. So yeah, yeah. what is this, third no. match in now? Third uh, fourth. In? WWF World Heavyweight Championship, Macho Man Randy Savage versus Mr. with Mr. Perfect versus Macho Man. Why did I write down Macho Man twice? Well, I did. Macho Man is facing himself. Uh, Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Flair versus Mr. Macho Perfect. Man. Yes, I would uh, really love to see Macho Man have a match with himself. Yes. <laughs> okay, so Rick Flair is WWF champion. You would think at this time, especially, that he would be facing Hulk Hogan. Well, you think you would think? Why not? Well, apparently, what happened was they actually did some house show matches that were or house shows that were headlined with Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan and uh they didn't sell very well so the it was decided that Hogan would face Sid instead of Flair i don't know why this didn't sell well maybe it wasn't promoted well enough 
maybe Hulk Hogan's lying because Hulk Hogan is the one who said this from what I remember, but that is the story. So it was Ric Flair versus Macho Man, which I think is better anyway because Ric Flair can work and Macho can work. So it would, it's going to be a better match. Yeah. Do you mind if I take this one? Yeah, go ahead. So Flair's out first, and Macho Man is covered in gold and black. I really like that. Uh, Macho chases Flair, who tries running to the back, but Savage catches him. Perfect then, uh, Perfect though gets Savage off of Flair and then attacks him around the ring. Both men finally get in the ring and they start off fast with a whip and clothesline on Flair. Macho Man with a uh, early pin attempt with a two. Bobby Heenan is losing his voice. Both announcers are just going nuts for every move by either man. After fighting on the outside, they both get back in the ring, and Flair takes over with a delayed suplex on Savage for a two in the middle of the ring. Flair works over the back and whips uh, into the corner <clears throat> with whips into the corner. Flair knocks Savage out of the ring again, and Flair drives Savage's back into the ring apron. Uh, Flair then hits another delayed suplex uh, from the ring apron. Into the ring for a two. Flair begins chopping Savage, but Savage returns with the right hand. Savage then hits a desperation reverse neckbreaker. Savage uh, Flair then goes to the top rope, but is slammed off by Savage, and then a big back body drop sends Flair. Uh, well, a big back drop, and then Flair bags off. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, Flair is doing his usual spots, and every match, and pretty much every match that Flair does, he goes to the top, he gets Gorilla pressed off, and then he follows it up with a big backdrop. Yep. Uh, Flair gets cut off the top rope when attempting an axe handle, and Savage gets a close two. Savage then knocks Flair out of the ring, and he climbs to the rope and hits a top rope axe handle of his own. Savage then runs Flair face first into the steel steps and into the ring post. Flair is busted open and does a flare flop for good measure. Savage then hits a suplex onto the mats on the outside. Savage hits a double axe handle off the top rope for a near fall, and the crowd is just going nuts. A body slam, and then Savage climbs the top rope for an elbow drop. Savage hits a perfect elbow drop. For a three count, but Mr. Perfect drag uh, drags Savage out of the ring prior to the three hitting the mat. So it's considered only a two. Perfect and Savage then grab each other and the ref in the middle of the, in the middle distracting everybody. Um, Mr. Perfect hands something to Flair. Flair then punches Savage and then hands it back the object of Perfect. He then goes for a pin. For a two count, but Savage gets his shoulder up. Flair has a crimson mask at this point, and he is clawing and punching Flair. Perfect grabs a steel chair and hits Savage in the knee with the chair behind the ref's back. Liz is trying to enter ringside, but WF officials are trying to stop her, and they just run alongside her. It wasn't a very good attempt. I wrote. Did you did you see who was in the crowd along with those WWF officials? I did not pay that close attention. No. 
It was Shane McMahon. Oh, I, I Shane, probably wouldn't Shane O'Mac. There you go. Pay per view appearance. Debut. Here comes the money. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that part because then it like turned into like the Liz show. I'll get into that though. Flair continued working over Savage while everybody is dealing with Liz on the outside. Flair continues to work over the knee of Savage and hits the figure four in the middle of the ring. But the camera keeps panning back to Liz, and they seem more focused on Liz than the actual match. Savage is nearly pinned while the figure four is applied, but he gets a shoulder up at two. Once again, Savage gets a shoulder up at two. Eventually, Savage slowly starts to turn the figure four, and Savage gets a small package out of nowhere for a quick two, but it doesn't seem to phase Flair. He continues attacking the knee of Savage. Look, Flair does a woo for you, baby, to Liz. Flair continues working the knee, but Savage gets a roll-up for a three-count out of nowhere unexpectedly. Elizabeth runs into the ring, hugging Macho Man, and Flair is beside himself, upset that he lost. Flair then gets in the face of Liz, screaming, What about me? And then kisses Liz, who then attacks him. Uh, Then Savage attacks Flair, and then now the ring is full of WWF officials. Both men continue to attack each other, and Flair's going nuts, attacking a downed Savage. Mr. Perfect is attacking as well. Eventually, Flair and Perfect leave, and Macho Man is being held down officials as he's trying to fight. I wrote this match was awesome. They both were great. Flair fucking rules, and the near falls were awesome, to the point where Liz came out really detracted from the match, as they spent a lot of time focusing on her rather than the men in the ring. The ending came out of nowhere. She's just so pretty. She's so pretty, Rob. Exactly. The ending came out of nowhere, and I forgot that this was even for the world title as I continued fighting and all the extra stuff going on, and it took a while for them to actually celebrate the win and put over the fact that Savage is the new champion. This match was great, and I really enjoyed it. Told a great story in the ring, and both men got their time to shine. I'll talk about what happened after the match, too, when you're done. Yeah, I mean, I love this match. It's great, and it's like it's so difficult for me to imagine that even just next year, Vince is trying to tell Macho he's too old to go in the ring and trying to transition him into a role as a commentator. Oh, God, and he sucks. Well, I know he sucks. That's not the point. (laughs) The point point is that... it's not the point that he sucks at commentating. No, I, I know. Commentating. So it, it's it's the point match. is that he just had this amazing match, and Vince is like, You're too, You're old, too old. You're too old, macho. You have to give it up. And he's just like, No, brother, I can still go. I can hang. And then Vince slaps him around and goes, You can't do it. You can't beat the new guys. And then I remember that this is not Rocky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, no, this is this is a like this is probably the best match on the on the card. Um, it's a toss up between this and the Piper match yeah. with Bret Hart. So like, um, yeah, definitely. So after Sean Mooney's in the back with Flair and Perfect, Perfect says that Macho had the tights. I didn't even realize this. I was like, what? And he comes running down from the announce booth, out of breath. 
And he says that he agrees that his tights were held. You want to take care of your dog? Your dog? She's outside. Oh, it's all um, good. It's all good. <laughs> uh, he's up. <laughs> I don't know what she's barking at. Hold on. Okay. Well, thank you, Gorilla. This is one tough assignment. I'm going to attempt to get comments from the now former World Wrestling Federation champion, Ric Flair's executive... Shut cons- up, Mooney. This is the way it is. Macho man Randy Savage. You call yourself a macho man? Well, what's so macho? What an injustice. I'm not going to stand out here and say anything that wasn't true, macho man. You had a handful of trunks. The trunks were up. The stupid referee. A bad job of officiating. I'll tell you what. Bobby, you saw what happened. Did you see what happened? I just got down from the booth. He had your tights. I saw it. It's on camera. It's on tape. I got it. There's nothing to worry about. He had the There is nothing to worry about. Wait a minute. There's a tactics that Ric Flair was using out there that were questionable. What we have right now is a man... Then I walk around town tonight, claiming to be the real world champion, claiming to be the second time WWF heavyweight champion. He'll be claiming it all, and most of all, he'll be claiming the love of that Jezebel, Elizabeth. Now, Savage, unlike a lot of people, in the greatest sport of them all. We don't cry over spilt milk. We reassemble a team. <laughs> the money, the brains, the nucleus, and we say to our opponent, you did it once, now let's see you do it again. One time means nothing. Tell my career, tell him, Mr. Perfect. I'll tell you what, one time means nothing, macho man. Like your old lady, you're gonna be damaged goods because this man has never taken a shortcut in the world of wrestling. You, macho man, have taken a shortcut. You had a handful of tights. We were out there, we were wrestling. This man was the greatest World Wrestling Federation champion of all time. Here it comes. Let everybody have a good long look at it because they're all gonna see how the handful of tights, right here it comes. Watch, watch, Moody, you get a good look. Look at that handful of tights. That's a champion, he cheated. He doesn't deserve to have the title. He's like his old lady, a cheater. Well, the way it stands right now, there is a new champion Let's in the WWF. right now. We regroup together. Where I go, perfect goes. It's all monitored by Eden. And like I said before, Savage, might not be tomorrow, it might be the day after. But I'm going to beat you, and I'm going to beat you bad. And every time I see your old lady, I'm going to kiss her on those moist, wet lips. Woo! Oh, baby champ. Well, as you know, this is not a very safe place to be. I'm out of here. Let's go over to Mean Gene Okerlund. All right, thank you very much, Sean Mooney. With me right now is the brand-new World Wrestling Federation Ooh, yeah. champion, Macho Man Randy Savage, along with the First Lady, Elizabeth. Now, some might say, Macho Man... That, uh, that was a questionable victory. You heard them talking about the tights and so oh, forth. Oh, do I care? I don't even care. It's okay. It's a piece of what I wanted from you, Ric Flair. This is what makes you tip. 
This is what makes you tick. This is what makes you tick from the inside out. And I just took a piece of you. You haven't been beat up properly. But I'm gonna do that for you, yeah. This isn't all I want from you, Ric Flair. I want the whole nature boy. I want the whole Flair package. Call yourself the real World Wrestling Federation champion. Well, I guess I am now. And what you did to Elizabeth, I guess you couldn't make me any madder than I was before I went into the ring, but somehow you did it. You made it possible, yeah. Made it possible. Now I'm gonna get the rest of them. I don't care if it's in the street, parking lot, doesn't mean matter to me, yeah. Because I'll do anything to win. If I didn't prove it, I'll prove it next time. Oh, yeah. Let's go. It's, wait, wait a minute, if I what? may, Randy. Yeah, Elizabeth, what? after what happened here at WrestleMania, the fact that Randy defeated Ric Flair for the World Wrestling Federation title, in light of all of the allegations and everything that's been going on in past months, do you feel at this point that you're vindicated? Wait a minute. What? This is yours. Take it and go. And this is yours, Ric Flair. Oh, yeah! This is yours! You can have all of me next time. Do you dear? Oh, Mr. Perfect, you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect! I'm out of here. Oh, yeah! Just a beat! All right, thank you very much, the Macho Man Randy Savage. We are in Indianapolis. We're at the Hoosier Dome. Oh, Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, this is WrestleMania 8. So, uh, Sean Mooney's in the back with Flair and Perfect. Perfect says that Macho had the tights. Bobby Heenan comes running from the announce booth and says he agrees that his tights were held. Flair then gets on the mic and cuts a promo, still bleeding, saying that he will be around town as a, to be known around town as a two-time champion, and that the love of Elizabeth, uh, that Jezebel Elizabeth, and he doesn't cry over spilt milk. It's easy to talk about Randy. During the promo, they show a replay of the ending that proves that Macho Man cheated by grabbing a handful of tights during the pinfall. And Flair says that he's going to kiss Elizabeth and he's going to beat the Macho Man every time they meet. And then the pay-per-view ends because you can't, can't beat that, that match. Exactly. Mean uh, Gene is... No, unfortunately, it doesn't. Yeah, um, it continues. Mean Gene is with Liz and Macho Man. Macho Man says that the WWE Championship is what makes uh, Flair tick. And that he's only taking a small piece of him. He made Macho Man even angrier. It says that he'll do anything. And that... What's that? He'll do anything that he will do it again. Macho Man hands the title to Liz saying that says it's hers. And they claim that they will meet again. So. And then we get a recap of the Sid Hogan feud. Members of the press challenging... It Rick all started at the, the WrestleMania 8 press conference title. where President Jack Tunney would Hoosier name the number one contender for the coveted championship belt. Hulk Hogan! Yes! Yes, me! Following that press conference, Sid Justice would start to show his true colors. Now, what you did, Jack Tunney, was bogus. The most bogus act you've ever pulled off. Well, I want to ask you, what is it? Is it because I'm not a big movie star like Hulk Hogan, the big immortal one himself? Soon after. 
to those remarks, Justice would apologize to the Hulkster and join him on Saturday night's main event as his tag partner. Finally, the double clothesline, almost in desperation for the Hulkster, once again, reaching for the tag. Let's see if he, let's see if he puts his hand up. Let's see if he holds that rope. Let's see if he wants to get in the ring. Is he afraid of the Undertaker and Flair, or is he teaching Hogan a lesson? God, this is hard. At the WWF press conference, Jack Tunney announced that this is hilarious too. So they're all sitting at this table, and no one is no one knows who's gonna be facing. Uh, no one is gonna be facing who's gonna flare, do Ric Flair. So they've got uh, Sid Justice, Macho Man, and Hogan all at this table, and they just go. Person who is uh going to meet the WWF champion at WrestleMania is Macho Man, and all of a sudden <laughs> everyone's all angry and Sid like punches the table, and then like they cut to Sid, and he cuts his and he, angry and he's promo. holding a pair of scissors and he's going after Arn Anderson. Oh wait, no, that, that didn't that happen. Happened. Jeez. <laughs> 
Uh, so he got this angry promo, classic Sid, where he's like, Ah, I should be WF champion, but I tell you what, I'm going to get my title shot. And then I'm going to win some more. Because it's, you know, it's Sid Vicious. Right. Um, so Sid Justice apologizes a week later, and then the tag match, Justice and Hogan uh, team up, and at the point where Hulk Hogan... Desperately trying to pin, or trying to tag in to Justice, he just walks away. Doesn't even get the tag, and Hulk Hogan is beat up. Uh, the wrestling challenge, Sid destroys the barber shop, and there's actually a funny skit that wasn't supposed to happen. Um, it was brought up later down the line. He like smashes, I think it was like an aerosol can of barber. Uh, you know the the lather. Mm-hmm. Well, it he hit it with a chair, and it kind of exploded on him, and it sprayed him in the eyes, unintentionally, and all over his face. He's got the barber like the the lather, because <laughs> he just hit it, and the thing just you know you're not just like hit shit like that. Uh, he destroy he smashes the window with the chair. He starts calling out Hulk Hogan. Various clips of Sid destroying people on various cards and then set the creepy music. We then cut to the India. This was weird. Uh, Tataka is now the new uh, great thing. Uh, we cut to Indians doing a tribal dance in the ring. And then we cut to Ronald, the model Rick Martel and Sean Mooney. He says the Indians have no class. No. Yeah, Rick. Rick Martel is so awesome, and yes. he deserves so much more. Oh, God, I love Rick Martel. I do, too. Um, all right, so the next match is the model Rick Martel versus Tatanka. Um, Martel starts off the match early with um, a bunch of knees, and then Tatanka comes uh, back uh, with a hip with a hip toss and a pair of body slams and uh, sends Martel to the floor. Um, Martel gets back inside and tries to ram Tatanka into the corner, uh, but he gets the corner himself, and then um, um, Tatanka starts uh, doing some shoulder blocks into the post, and then uh, he does an arm ringer on Martel and um, attempts to do an arm drag, um, but Martel counters and slams Tatanka down um, before um, getting him to the floor, and then Martel follows him out and delivers some stomps before putting him back inside, and then Martel uh, does a backbreaker, and he goes to the top rope, and Tatanka crotches him and delivers a pair of chops, because, you know, he's Indian, so he has to do the chop. All Indians, whether they're from India or they're Native Americans, do chops. Remember this. Um, does a backdrop out of the corner and then does a tomahawk chop right to the head. Um, Martel blocks another backdrop attempt with a kick. Um, and then he does a clothesline and a body slam. And Tatanka comes off the ropes after ducking a clothesline and hits a cross body and ends the match just like that at 4 minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah, this match is boring. 
And the thing is that you <laughs> you have Rick the model, model Martel, who is awesome. He's like he has his perfume, and he's just like flexing, and he's like arrogance, ah, and he's just awesome. And he has this awesome accent because he's from the French part of Canada. And then you have Tatanka, and he goes unbeaten for like a year. Oh, God, yeah, he's still undefeated before WrestleMania 9. He's, and, he, and yeah, he's undefeated going into WrestleMania 9. Guess what? Well, we'll find out. Sean <laughs> Mooney's in the back with Money, Inc., IRS, and Million Dollar Man. Jimmy Hart is there, too. And he says that he knows that the natural disasters are weakness, because obviously he used to manage them. IRS says that it's tax time, and it's time to pay up. Mean Gene is then with the natural disasters, Earthquake and Typhoon. Earthquake says that they have a surprise for Jimmy Hart. Typhoon says that they're going to go and get theirs. Now, generally speaking, if you're called the natural disasters, you would expect to be heels, correct? Yeah, I guess. No, I would think so, but these guys are obviously faces. Yeah, uh, it's just, I don't know. I really dislike Tugboat. Well, of course, I do too. So, <laughs> before we get into this match, during the Money Geek uh, uh, introduction, they cut to this kid with a fan of $1 bills, and Heenan calls the fan out, saying that if you want to be someone, it should be $100 bills, not six $1 bills. Can you imagine that humanoid flesh in a hand full of money, six $1 bills. We're going to flash some money, flash some hundred. Hey, that could be a lot of money to that person. Well, if they got an education, they make more money. They're losers. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay, so Ted DiBiase here is awesome. Um, IRS is actually a really good wrestler, um, but he has just come off like a really good run in the NWA as part of the Varsity Club. And he was like super cool as that, and now he's IRS, which is kind of a lame, a lame gimmick. Yeah, Erwin, even though Erwin R. Scheister. Yes. Yuck. And And... Unfortunately, IRS's only real contribution to the wrestling world is giving us Bray Wyatt. Um, but that comes much later. Yep. Okay, so WWF Tag Team Championship match. Money, Inc. with Jimmy Hart versus the Natural Disasters. Um, so, basically... The reason the natural disasters are faces because Jimmy Hart sold their title shot to Money Inc. <laughs> <laughs> because everybody has a price for the million dollar man. Ah, 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 ah. Okay. Um, so Earthquake starts off with uh, Ted DiBiase and he goes into the corner. Um, Ted DiBiase goes for an arm bar but gets shoved down. Ted D, uh, DiBiase gives uh, Earthquake a knee, but gets fired into the ropes and gets a clothesline. IRS comes in and gets a clothesline of his own. And then Typhoon, a.k.a. Tugboat, a.k.a. Shockmaster, comes in and uh, does the dreaded double nog- noggin knocker. Um, and they bail to the floor. 
Uh, they go back inside. IRS takes chances with Earthquake. Earthquake gets an arm ringer and tags in Typhoon. Um, he delivers a hip toss to IRS. And then IRS tries to go to the floor. But uh, Typhoon stops him by stepping on his tie. Because, <laughs> it, you know, it, there has to be some comedy. There has to be. Uh, Typhoon then rams IRS into the buckle ten times and then goes for a body avalanche, but IRS moves out of the way and tags in DiBiase. Um, Typhoon gains con- tr- uh, control again and uh, hits the ropes for a crossbody, but DiBiase moves and Typhoon goes flying over the top rope. Uh, IRS then uh, throws him into the steps outside as uh, and uh, then DiBiase tags in IRS and they deliver a double clothesline, which gets a two. Uh, DiBiase tags back in and gets some shots in. Uh, quick tags here. They send Typhoon into the ropes and they um, and hit a double back elbow. Um, and then IRS goes for a front face lock and um, Typhoon uh, gets him into the corner. Um, and then tags an earthquake. However, the ref did not see the tag because Ted DiBiase was distracting him. Yep. Uh, DiBiase tags himself in and then continues to hit earthquake. Uh, I'm sorry, Typhoon. Um, they get a um, double clothesline. Um, then there's a hot tag to earthquake who um, drives a shoulder into IRS. All four men end up in the ring, and the disasters whoop the champs into each other. IRS gets hit with the Typhoon Splash, and that sets up for the Earthquake Splash. Uh, Ted DiBiase then pulls IRS out of the ring, and DiBiase takes the belt, and the intentional countout to save the titles at 8 minutes and 39 seconds. And I really did not like this match very much. Yeah, it wasn't very good. That's So, yeah. So, but we're not, not done yet. <laughs> no, not yet. Not. Uh, mean Genius with Brutus the Beefcake. The Barber, Beef, Barber Beefcake. Gene says that. He is one of the all-time greats. Okay. Brutus was in a tragic boating accident. What What the fuck was this? Was this really legit? Okay, so, yes, actually. What happened was um, Brutus Beefcake went parasailing, and somebody landed on his face. What? And, and broke, like, his, like, in, like re- legitimately, like, broke his face. Wow. Like, like shattered both his orbital bones and all this other stuff. Oh. And they thought that he would have to retire. Um, he got facial reconstruction surgery and got like metal plates grafted in and stuff like that. He looks pretty good. Yeah. Uh, um, but for a while, um, and we'll see this next year at WrestleMania nine, he had to wrestle with a, with like a metal face mask on to avoid injuring his face again. Eventually that would go away. Gotcha. Well, you can't wrestle anymore. So he's there to support Hulk Hogan 
And he says he's been there during the ups and downs of Hulk Hogan. And he's just there to cheer on as he is the number one Hulkamaniac. What the fuck? Okay. And and this this was being billed as Hulk Hogan's last match, potentially. Awesome. That's what we need. Yes. Skinner versus the Rocket Owen Hart. Yeah, what the heck was this? Okay. Um so Owen Hart obviously is Bret Hart's younger brother, but yeah. for a while they didn't really play that up. And so uh, mm-hmm. Owen for a long time kind of had these weird gimmicks like he was part of the New Heart Foundation with Anvil and then he was part of like Team Excitement with Coco Beware. And during that, that time, like high, known, high voltage, high voltage. That's right. Um, and during that time, he was known as the Rocket, Owen Hart. Yep. Um, Skinner. Who the fuck was, is Skinner? Skinner was this like dude that it was there for a short period of time. I thought this one might have been Barry Windham, but it's not. Oh god. Um, it's an awful gimmick. He's like a. Alligator man, he likes alligator yeah, let, stuff. Yeah, let's look up who Skinner was, because I he might he might have been something I could have like at the time Barry Windham was going to be like coming back soon. Um, let's see here. I'll just take me a second. Well, while you're doing that, I'm gonna go through the match real quick. All right. So Owen Hart came down, does a backflip into the ring, but runs in right into Skinner, who immediately attacks Owen. Skinner hits a back suplex for a two. And tries to throw Owen, but uh, Skinner, but skins the cat, and Owen gets a sunset flip out of four or three out of nowhere. This match lasted like a minute and a half, if that. Yeah, it did. Okay, so um, Skinner is Steve Kern, who is better known um, as one half of the Fabulous Ones, alongside Stan Lane, uh, and they were a pretty like famous tag team in the NWA. Huh. Well, there you go. Um, so, yeah. This yeah. is, like, a weird match. Like, Skinner, like, spits something in Owen's face to start off the match. Yeah, it was a bad yeah. match. It was just, like, kind of, like, there, just to be a cool-down before the main event. And then it just goes for, like, a minute, yeah. Yeah. Mean Gene is with Sid Justice. The other half of the double main event here at WrestleMania pits the immortal Hulk Hogan against this band, my guest, Sid Justice. Now, this clash, this matchup this afternoon, I expect is going to be a barn burner. No! Uh, shut up, you fat, bow-headed little oath! Now, you, Hogan, a barn burner it won't be! It is going to be your last match, and I will see to that. I have already made that promise to you, Hogan. As I leave this dressing room, and I stand in the ring, and you walk down that aisle, you remember one thing, that I am the master, and you are but the learner, Hogan. You are but the learner. Wait a minute, Sid Justice, at the risk of sounding negative, you indicate that this is going to be Hulk Hogan's last match. We no, I never... promise it's going to be his last match. We have never heard that from Hulk Hogan himself. As a matter of fact, recently my colleague Vince McMahon talked to the Hulkster, and here was his answer. Take a look. Then is this your last match? This WrestleMania, is this the last time we see you step into the ring? When you ask that question, 
It makes me sweat. Um, everywhere I've been, people say, Hulk Hogan, we know you've got a lot of things going. You're starting to divide your interests. You've got family, you've got business, wrestling business, you've got other type of ventures out there. Are you gonna retire? Then I hear on the other side of the coin, are you gonna be able to get by Sid Justice? When I sit here and actually think about my last match at WrestleMania, it chills me to the bone. Being able to handle happiness within my personal life and happiness on a professional level has been one of the greatest accomplishments that I could brag about. So when I talk about letting all that go, putting all that in jeopardy by saying, yes, this is my last match, or by even let, letting someone influence me, such as Sid Justice saying, Hulk Hogan, I'm gonna make sure this is your last match. All of those thoughts I put out of my head. I'm the only one that can make that decision, Vince McMahon. And right now, I have to tell you, at WrestleMania, I just won't know until I come out of the ring if it was my last match. Well, then, whether or not this is your last match, I'd like to say that on behalf of all of us, your Hulkamaniacs, thank you for the memories, thank you for the inspiration, and thank you for Hulkamania. Thank you. See there, Sid Justice. Hulk Hogan didn't indicate this would be his last... Shut up! I don't care! I don't give a damn about the memories of Hulk Hogan. The only thing to remember is that Sid Justice is the man that ended Hulkamania. Now you, Hogan, I curse you. I curse you and every Hulkamaniac. Because I, because I rule the world. Let's get back to ringside. Justice cuts a yelling, then quiet promo about Hulk Hogan. And he is a master. And Hogan is the learner. The master of the universe. Yep. And Hogan is the learner. He then promises that it will, he will, this will be Hulk Hogan's last match. Gene then cuts to Vince McMahon interviewing Hulk Hogan. Vince well, asks, before we get to that, yeah. before we get to that, Sid calls Mean Gene a fat, ball-headed little oaf during this promo. Jeez. I don't know about fat. Bald-headed, yes. Little, I don't know. Maybe compared to Sid. I guess. Vince is then with, with Hulk Hogan, and it's like super serious. Vince asks if it's going to be Hogan's last match. Hogan says he gets chills to the bone when he's asked if he's going to retire. He says that he is the only one who can call it a career. He is going to leave it all in the ring. They then cut back to Sid, and he said he doesn't give a damn about the memories of Hulk Hogan. This was weird. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely... Is it odd. was like, hey, watch this, Sid. I'll give a damn about Hulk Hogan. <laughs> awesome. All right, All right. So main event time. Sid Justice yeah. versus Hulk Hogan. All right. So Sid attacks before the bell even rings, and they go to the floor. And the entire time, Hulk Hogan or like music is playing throughout the entire time. Yeah. 
It's like da 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 da. They're beating each other up. Da 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 da. Still beating each other up. It's like you guys can turn that off any time now. No, it's like it's required that you have to play the entire song twice. Yes, we now know where New Jack got his idea from. <laughs> yes, but I like New Jack's music better yes. than Hulk Hogan's theme. Um, so. Sid attacks still as the bell finally rings and gains control and Sid sends Hogan to the ropes and then uh, drops down. Uh, But Hogan puts on the brakes and hammers Sid, uh, sending him to the floor. Back inside, Sid asks for the test of strength, which Hogan accepts. Uh, Sid takes control early, powering Hogan down. Hogan comes up finally, but Sid turns it ar- uh, turns it around and on Hogan and breaks it with a knee. Hogan reverses an, a whip attempt into the corner and said said Sin- Sid in instead. Uh, he follows it with a clothesline, um, but goes after Harvey Whippleman, who is uh, Sid's uh, manager. That distraction allows Sid to hit a choke slam. Which usually finishes the match, but no, this is just a transition move in this match because it's Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Uh, Sid continues to slowly hit Hogan um, and eventually uh, kicking him to the floor. Harvey distracts the ref, allowing Sid to hit Hogan with a doctor's bag of some sort. Um, back inside, Sid goes for the dreaded nerve pinch. Yep. And that almost puts Hogan out, but they go for that raise the hand three times thing, but the hand doesn't drop on the third time. Hogan then fights to his feet and elbows out of the hold. Um, and but uh, Sid does a side suplex. Um, Sid calls for the power bomb. And hits Hogan with it, which I'm surprised Hogan took a powerbomb, to be honest. That is true. Um, go ahead. No, that's a, yeah, that's very true. Like, Hogan doesn't, like, I would think that Hogan would be like, no, brother, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hogan uh, kicks out at two. And then he hulks up. And looks like the um, usual finishes to happen. Um but it doesn't. Um, so Harvey Whippleman comes in and um, uh, break um, breaks up for like a DQ. Um, but Sid kicks out of the leg drop. Now, like this, like seems odd, and that's because it is. Um, see what was supposed to happen here? Like it's a, like a mess at the end. What was supposed to happen here is Papa Shango of all people. The Godfather um, was supposed to run down and break up the pin, uh, but Papa Shango like totally misses his cue. Yeah, he was like uh, in the entranceway still. Yeah, he's just like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm," and, you know, whatever. However, Papa Shango speaks. Um, Hogan and Sid continue to brawl, and Papa Shango finally gets to the ring and attacks Hogan. And they tie Hogan in the ropes, and Sid goes for a chair. But then the Ultimate Warrior's music plays, and Warrior hits the ring, and the place goes absolutely batshit insane. And 
Hogan and uh, Warrior Clean House, and and that was uh, that was it. Hogan wins by disqualification. Yep. Uh, both men then pose and strut and do their bullshit. The same fucking, same fucking thing we see every year for WrestleMania. Hogan on top. We're getting, we're getting to the end. Thank God. We're getting to the end of the Hogan era. Thank God. So, what would you rate this card overall? Out of ten, um, I would give this... It has two. It has two high points. It has Bret Hart Roddy Piper match, and it has the Ric Flair Macho Man match. Besides that, um, I didn't find any of the matches particularly great. Like some of the matches on paper seem like they would be awesome, like Undertaker and Jake Roberts and Tito Santana and Shawn Michaels, and they're not. Mm-hmm. So I am going to have to give it a three. And a half. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a three. It was like those two matches were really good. Everything else was just garbage. What does the Wrestling Observer Dave Meltzer have to say about the matches? All right. So WrestleMania eight. Shawn Michaels versus the Matador. Two stars. Okay. Jake Roberts versus The Undertaker. Three-fourths of a star. Roddy Piper versus Bret Hart. Three and a half stars. Fair. Boss, the four-way. I'm going to go with all that. One-fourth star. I'm surprised I didn't get negative. (laughs) Uh, Savage versus Flair. Three and one-fourth stars. Hmm. So okay. Macho Man and or sorry, Piper and Bret Hart did better. Tataka okay. versus Rick Martel. Uh one fourth star. Money Inc. versus Natural Disasters. Negative two stars. Makes sense. Owen versus Skinner is a dud. And Hulk Hogan versus Sid Justice. Negative two stars. Oh, I was so hoping for minus five stars. No, nothing. So I could yell minus five stars. I want to do that one one time. <laughs> we'll get there. Maybe I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Um. So yeah. Um. <clears throat> WrestleMania eight. Um. We're it's kind of a weird transition point because we're definitely nearing the end of the Hulk Hogan era, and we're starting to see stars that would make up the new generation, particularly Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. Um, And they would also form the basis of the Attitude Era as well. So we're starting to see people that we'll begin to see for years and years again. Um, Undertaker, Tatanka, unfortunately. Ah. We're going to see him for at least one more WrestleMania, Ugh, maybe two. Um, so we're entering kind of a weird point. Um, yeah, and I and I think the weirdness is really going to be evident when we get to WrestleMania nine. Oh yippee! Well, um, 
like I said, I watched the first Raw. I watched the Raw before WrestleMania 9. Actually, it was a week. I don't know if they got bumped the week before. So it wasn't even technically the go-home show. They kept hyping up the Sunday night March to WrestleMania event. Where it was going to be... Mo- What's funny is commentary had Vince, some dumbass radio DJ, who was awful, and Macho Man... Excuse me, Macho Man. Macho Man was actually going to be facing Yokozuna at that March to WrestleMania event. But yeah, they got there was no raw for the the week the, you know that week leading up to the WrestleMania nine. So yeah, I mean it makes sense because um, Raw was uh, was a taped show at least at the beginning, and so if USA had live programming like if they had a tennis tournament or something like that, um, they could preempt Raw. Yeah, that's what I figured would happen here. But uh, yeah, um, also. I felt like WrestleMania 8 was just, like, either really good or really bad. It's like, you watch those two matches and you're good. Don't even watch the main event. It was worthless. But, uh, yeah. Uh, check out, as well, we did a special bonus episode on Junichi Teneru. Yes, and um, that's going to be a new recurring segment here at the review mania uh, podcast where we are going to review Pro Resu uh, once a month. Yep. So that'll be cool. All yes. right. So until next time, my name's Rob. I'm Zach, and you can send us feedback at reviewamania podcast at gmail.com and check us out on the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. Yep. So until next time, take care. And give us any feedback, and or if there's anybody in the pro wrestling world you want to have us take a look at, let us know. Thanks, everybody. Yes. See you later, brother. <laughs>